to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we come to you each week, Monday through Friday, a couple hours a day. And then, of course, we're on other stations, BBS Radio, Voice America. And I want to thank you all for letting us know about the Holistic Makeover and what you think about it. It is really amazing. We've got a lot of really cool things we're planning for you. And don't forget, this is the last week to sign up, register, and send us your information. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile, joining you here each and every day. How's Mr. Benny? Mr. Benny's good. Thank you for asking, Pat. Have a good weekend. I did. Actually, I had Friday off. And I want to thank Michael for filling in for me. And I did a lot of laying around. Did you really? I did. I'm a brown baby. Well, I've always been a brown baby, but now I'm (laughs) even darker. Well, you know, it's good every once in a while to lay around. I know, and I did a lot of uh, 12-ounce curls. Uh, The brain didn't go anywhere than five feet of thinking anything outside that range. And (laughs) pretty much, yeah, had my sunglasses on, too. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, you talk about laying around. My guest today on the show... I don't think he knows much about laying around. I don't around. think he has any clue I don't what think that he means. Does. <laughs> I don't think he does because, you know, a career that has spanned several decades, he has pretty much seen everything. Everything. We're, everything. We are thrilled. We are thrilled that joining us here today, <laughs> the Honorable Judge Aaron, Fu- I, I'm probably not going to get this right, the Honorable Judge Aaron Freud. Aaron Freund. Aaron Freund. See that? Yeah. I got it right, almost. (laughs) And he's got a fabulous book out here, and it's called You Be the Judge, 20 True Crimes and Cases to Be Solved. And today, we've got something really something cool and fun planned for everyone. But what I want to say is that when you've been in the position that he has been in, and he has seen the many, many things that most of us sort of you know, are are captivated by. I mean, it's not a mistake that shows like Law and Order, all the different Law and Order shows, you know, are pretty much at the top of uh, the Nielsen ratings. There is an interest, sometimes even an obsession we have, in figuring out how the judicial system works. But today, the questions are these. You know, should a woman convicted of voluntary manslaughter in the death of her husband be rewarded custody of their three daughters? What do you think about that? What do we think about that? Well, Judge Norbert is joining us here today, and we're going to talk about that and much more. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, you've pretty much seen it all. I mean, your book talks about, and the cases in here are very, very fascinating, and it's interesting to see how you could come out on one side or the other. But, you know, we've looked at many, many cases, and the most popular, of course, are the Menendez brothers and and O.J. Simpson. And, you know, it's, it, we see ourselves on different sides uh, time and time again on whether or not we think certain people should be incarcerated or not. I mean, you are a judge. How in the heck do you get through all of that information? I mean, aren't you ever challenged by ethical issues as well? Oh, yes. You have your moral, you know, your moral values. 
that interfere, that uh, guiding you also. But you know, I always, I just come down to this single question. You do what you think is right. Just do what you think is right. And that, that's been my, my guiding principle. Of course, you have to, you have to stay with the law, but uh, you can bend the law sometimes in order to do what, what is really the right thing. You know, and, and that's really something that we're all challenged with. I mean, I'm struck by, you know, the cases and some of them which you've seen. I mean, Dr. Kevorkian is a, is a case that we all know where, you know, his vision, his mission, you know, what he has committed to, in, in his words, doing the right thing is helping other people die gracefully. Don't you think that's one, I think, one of the more controversial issues around yes, law? Yes, and I have a case uh, along that line, you know, in the book. I'd be glad to tell you about it if you like. I'd love to, please. Yes, well, it's a case that uh, was in our court. Uh, I'll give you the facts and see what the what the uh, listeners would do. Okay. The woman's name is Rosa Messini. She's, she's 92 years old. She's being kept alive by means of a feeding tube. Mm. Rosa, she's practically a vegetable. She lies in a coma in the nursing home. She's unable to speak or feed herself. Her eyes are open, but there's no sign she recognizes anyone. And the doctors can't say how long she will last. It, it may be months. It could even be years with this feeding tube. Now, her daughter, a woman named Mrs. Warner, who is 65 years old and who is her guardian, well, she wants the doctor to remove the tube so her mother can die a peaceful and dignified death. The daughter tells the doctor, he said, my mother would never have wanted to live this way. But Rosa's doctor, Dr. Marks, he says his hands are tied. Rosa never left any instructions of any kind as to what he should do in this situation. He says if he removes the tube, Rosa will die. And he's not in the business of helping people, uh, patients die. His job is to help them live. He says that if he, if he hastens Rosa's death, that would be against his medical and ethical principles. So he simply refuses to remove the tube, despite the family's request. So Mrs. Warner, the daughter, she sues the doctor for what we call specific performance. That means she wants the court to order the doctor to remove the feeding tube. And that's why the case is in court. It, it's, this is a tough, tough situation. Yes. This is a tough, Judge Norbert, this is a tough yes. situation. And all of us, I mean, I just experienced this one myself in January. And, you know, how do you make a decision about this? I mean, what are some of the factors one would consider? And well, I'd like a, to hear from our listeners, anybody out there that's got an opinion and yeah. wants to chime in on this or ask the judge a question, give us a call, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. Doctor, I should, uh, I should let you know and let the audience know that there's one little angle to it. Okay. I'll give you the cross-examination so you get the picture. Okay, I love that. The, the attorney is cross-examining the daughter, Mrs. Warner. And uh, he says to her, now your mother's estate, you would inherit the bulk of that upon mm. her death. Isn't that true? Mrs. Warner, she's upset about that question. She says, I don't need that money. 
I'm very comfortable financially. I'm not interested in her money. You're not suggesting. And the attorney says, please, Mrs. Warner, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just asking a question. Mrs. Warner says, this is an insult to our family. The lawyer said, now, please just answer the question. Would you be the sole inheritor of her estate? The daughter says, yes, but I've discussed that with her. I'll keep that money in trust for, for my grandchildren, the, the, the lawyer. But you would get control of the money on her death. Mrs. Warner, yes, I would. The lawyer, and you could invade the principle of that trust if you wanted to. The daughter says, I don't know. I really haven't thought about that. The attorney says, how much is it worth? The daughter, she's insulted. She says, oh, for God's sakes. And she turns to the judge. She says, judge, do I have to answer that question? The judge says, I'm sorry, Mrs. Warner, but you have to answer yes. And Mrs. Warner says, I'm not sure how much it is. The lawyer goes up to her and says, would the amount of $600,000 sound about right? The daughter says, well, I don't know. Well, yes, my God. Attorney says, thank you. That's all. So you see, uh, doctor, there's another angle to this, uh, this situation. Well, there is another angle. And, uh, boy, I, you know, it's still difficult. I mean, money that factors in in that way, uh, it's hard to really sift through that. I mean, I know what it's like to be on one side of the bed and, you know, have a loved one, a parent, you know, in his or her last breath with tubes coming out of her mouth if they could even talk. Yes. And write on a piece of paper, please let me die. Yeah. I mean, in that moment, you're making that decision. And I know the court has to look at the bank accounts, but I don't know. I, that would be so difficult of a decision to make. Yes. And another thing that happened in this trial, the doctor, uh, he turns to the judge. He says, Judge, if I order the tube to be removed, if I remove the tube like the family wants me to do, and Rosa dies, can you promise me, Judge, that I will not be prosecuted for murder, for aiding and abetting a murder. And the judge says, no, I can't promise you that. That's, oh. up to the, that's up to the DA. And the doctor says, well, I can't do it, judge. I can't do it. So that's the situation here, you see. Well, I mean, it's it always television always makes these cases seem so simple. And I want to ask you about that. You know, Judge Norbert, what, what are your thoughts? about, you know, court TV and television on TV that, you know, portrays um, real live cases, but, you know, shows like Law & Order, you know, which are supposedly not real, but some people look at them and say, wow, that sounds familiar. Do these shows help or hinder our understanding of the court system? Well, they help in some respect. I, I don't watch uh, the show Law & Order. Maybe I should. Well, you live it. <laughs> yes. I don't have time to watch it, but uh, uh, it helps, I'm sure. It rouses people's interest in the courts, does that much, and gives them some idea, some flavor of what happens in the courtroom. But uh, they're often, when I have watched them, uh, you know, they're not real. They're not to uh, bring the real case before the, before the jury. Yeah, they give us sort of a television version of things. Oh, yes. It's all... Sound bites, you know. What have been the most challenging cases for you? And let me hold that thought until we come back from break. But what 
what cases have you tried? I know you've got 20 fabulous, fabulous cases in the book. Have any of these kept you up at night? Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Judge Norbert about that. He's got a fabulous book out, You Be the Judge, 20 True Crimes and Cases to Solve. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Reprogram your mind to be thin and your body to be free. The answer to weight loss is in knowing how to eliminate emotional blocks that keep us from experiencing true love. Join Alfonso DeRose, performance coach and master NLP trainer in Seattle at the SeaTac Red Lion on September 7th. Alfonso teaches a revolutionary new method that will eradicate your overweight issues in the depths of your mind. Visit TakeYourRisk.com for your free ticket or call 1-877-271-7695. I really thought that I was the only one who cared about things that matter to me like the planet, kids, education, peace, and creating a world that works for everyone. Then I found the Center for Spiritual Living, an entire church that thinks and cares about the things I do. And Reverend Dr. Kathy Ann Lewis inspires us to build better lives in a better world. I've found my new spiritual home. Honoring all paths to God, the Center for Spiritual Living is located just east of University Village on Sandpoint Way with three Sunday services. Visit online at spiritualliving.org. Are the magic and mysteries of Egypt calling you? Picture yourself meditating inside the Great Pyramid, relaxing on a Nile cruise and exploring the sacred temples. For travel that transforms and rejuvenates you, join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman for a spiritual and healing journey to Egypt in October. Call for information at 866-903-6463 or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. That's EgyptIsCalling.com. People want three things when they build and plan for retirement. The most amount of money for the longest amount of time with the least amount of risk. Now, I'm sure you currently have a 401k or an IRA of some kind. However, there are five things that can wipe out your current retirement plan, like disability, market loss, taxes, litigation, and premature debt. Call today to find out how our retirement plan is protected from these five financial storms. And remember, retirement planning should come with a peace of mind, not uncertainty. So call 888-252-3083 or visit debtfree mca.com. Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. Are you starting a new business, signing a contract, or launching a new website or business product? Certified business and personal astrologer Madeline Gerwick uses good timing to give you the ideal time to start your new business venture. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com or call 877-524-8300. Attain higher business success and better return on resources with good timing. Visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com. 1150KKNW.com. It's why they invented the Internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM.
Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pack Show. The Honorable Judge Norton Ehrenfrund, Dr. Judge Norbert, joining us here today. His book is You Be the Judge, 20 True Crimes and Cases to Solve. And, you know, we're talking, for those of any of you out there that are folks that are tuning into Law and Order or anything like that, um, this is a book which will keep you pretty much on the edge of your seat. I've actually not seen a book quite like this, but you get to read each case um, almost like it was a court transcription of sense, and then there are questions at the end, and the questions are really what got my attention. And just, I mean, one of the things that I asked you before the break is, you know, there is a lot that we do see on TV, and I can only imagine what it's like being a judge. But what is, what would you say is the most challenging case or type of cases you've tried? Well, the most challenging cases, doctor, of course, are those involving children. Mm. Uh, I've sat in the juvenile court, we call it the, the dependency section of the juvenile court, where you have to decide whether the court should take away the baby from a mother because the mother is unfit to take care of the baby. That's a very challenging uh, decision to make. Mm. Here you have a mother before you. She's crying and pleading with you not to take her baby away, but you have evidence that that she she is on drugs or she Mm. drinks and she's unable to care for her child, and you have to decide whether to let this mother uh, have this baby or not. That's that's a heart-rending decision. I think it's the most difficult decision we have to make. What do you look for in cases like that? I mean, you know, I can imagine sitting there, and, and, and there are cases which, which we've seen, especially around parents or mothers that have retaliated against abused husbands, and now that they've done that, they have to go to court. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but how does one decide whether or not um, the children will be safe? Well, you have to look at all the evidence, of course. You have to keep your mind open. Uh, you're in sympathy with the mother and all that, and you understand the other side, that the, what the mother has been like, her character. You have to look at all the evidence. Uh, you can't make up your mind beforehand. You have to listen to, to people, the experts. Uh, in the case of the mother who uh, is allegedly unfit, you have to listen to the social workers who have been out there to her home and seen how she treats the child. You listen to everybody, and then you make up your mind. And in the end, you decide, as I said, you do what you think is right. Is it easier to make a decision if you you know that the children have the option of staying with other family members as opposed to being put back into the system? That's certainly a consideration. Yeah, that's certainly a consideration. And you you consider all the factors. That's one of them. Well, let's talk about let's you know talk about an issue that I that I brought up here recently, and that is you know women and let's stay with women for this one. Women who have been repeatedly abused by their husbands. And oh yes, we had I had that case. Okay, yeah, I mean, and and they retaliate. Yes, it's a it's a kind of a popular crime uh, mm-hmm. in this country. Uh, because women do uh, retaliate, and uh, husbands do beat up their beat up their wives or their their mates. Uh, 
You want me to tell you about the case I had? Yes, please. Uh, well, her, the woman's name is Maria, Maria Cavallo. She lived with her husband and their two-year-old daughter in a small apartment. And they had a happy relationship until Miguel, the husband, he started drinking to excess. That resulted in bitter arguments. And as the arguments became more heated, why Miguel began beating Maria till she would collapse on the bed, crying and sobbing. After each beating, why Miguel would, he'd become remorseful. He'd say he was sorry. He'd beg Maria to forgive him, and they would reconcile. And soon afterwards, why, the cycle would begin again. But one night, Miguel came home intoxicated, and when Maria scolded him for his drunkenness, he struck her many times, struck her real badly. And as she lay on the bed sobbing, he said, if you don't stop your crying, why, in the morning, I'm going to beat you up again. Words to that effect. And uh, then he lay back on the sofa, and he fell asleep in a drunken stupor. And as Maria lay in bed listening to him snore away, she was frightened that he might awake any moment and beat her up again. She thought of the gun in the drawer nearby, and one interpretation of the evidence is that she picked up the gun, went over to the sofa, and shot and killed Miguel out of fear that he was going to beat her again. The question for the jury, of course, is, is that self-defense? Well, I mean, that's, that's a question that it's very difficult for people to, to really look at that, especially people that haven't been abused, that don't understand, you know, the pattern of abuse. I mean, what do you think the most challenging aspects of that are for a jury in deciding? Yes, well, the challenging aspect is how close was he uh, to beating her up again? Uh, did she have a real fear that he was about to attack her? You see, under the law, at least under the law, American law, and a lot of people think, feel this should be changed, but the law at present, you know, maybe it should be changed, but the law at present is that in order to claim, in order for Maria to claim self-defense in that case why the attack has to be immediate i mean he he has to be in the in the act of attacking her before she could get off on self-defense when she shoots him if she shoots him when he's sleeping or not attacking her why then uh she doesn't have much chance to get off on self-defense the jury will sympathize with her and maybe they'll compromise on a lesser verdict than first degree murder but the law at present is that she has no defense of self-defense because it was not immediate. The attack was not immediate. Now, a lot of people, doctors, think that law should be uh, expanded and give her, a people like Maria, a chance in that case. Okay, so did she go to jail? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that's a tough one. I would say that's a tough one. I mean, you know, the message that it sends out by the law not being changed is make sure if you're going to do something like this, you lay this out pretty well. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, you can understand the law being what it is, right? Exactly. Um, but, you know, when things like that happen, isn't it true that you can't, you don't plan that out? I mean, you know, not everyone plans those things out. People truly are psychologically just traumatized. I mean, how many times, how many beatings does one need to get before you're pushed to the point of retaliation? And right. I guess that's what the law has to consider. Right. And it's, that's why it's so good to have a jury. Because a jury, you know, they're the voice of the people. 
they're not like a, they're not the same as a judge who just hears the law and studies the law. They're the voice of the people with all these different experiences that they've had in their lives. Maybe some of them had known people, women who have been beaten up like that and so forth. But it's the voice of the people that you're hearing. And I think that's a wonderful thing about our jury system. What would you change in the jury system if you could, Judge Norbert? <clears throat> what would I change in the jury system? Oh, let me see. Uh, well, I can't, uh, I can't think of what I would change, actually. It's, probably, it's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I like the system as it is. Uh, I wish that people were, could be, uh, I wish they could be compensated more than they are. Mm -hmm. That's one change I'd like to make, uh, because people take off from, often from work, and yeah, they lose, you know, they lose their pay sometimes, and so uh, it's difficult for jurors. We should make it easier for jurors to, uh, to appear, you know, for people of all, all ranks of life to appear. That's, I think that's one thing I would consider changing. More, better compensation of the jurors. Well, I want to thank you for joining us here today on the show. Uh, I mean, this is for anybody out there that's truly interested in, in getting the blow-by-blow, -blow, so to speak, of various cases, but more importantly, getting uh, to look at some of the questions, the questions that one might ask in trying cases. This is a fabulous book to do this. So you, yes, you be the, the judge. The name of the book is You Be the you Judge. You Be the Judge. And it's available in bookstores, available on Amazon. I know that Barnes & Noble, stores like that have it. And uh, I think the reader will enjoy it. Thank you so, so much for joining us here today and, and for doing what you do. I, I think the readers will enjoy it immensely. Uh, and as I said before, the book is You Be the Judge, 20 True Crimes and Cases to Solve. You get to solve them. So for those of you that uh, are wondering how this all works, this would be the book for you. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we've got the award-winning author of Men, the Gods of Love. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 